So uh, this is an exciting day in the life of our church. It's a day that the leaders have been planning and praying over for the past year, actually a little over a year. And when you think about it, these uh, initiatives that we're talking about in Rooted actually connect all the way back to Jesus' marching orders when he said to his disciples right before he left for heaven, he says, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. And so baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them all that I've commanded them to obey. And get out of Jerusalem, go to Judea, go to Samaria, even go to those people that hate you and you hate, and then take it beyond even the Samaritans to the ends of the earth. And that's what we believe this is all about. So if you're a guest here today, my name's Mark, and um, we're, we're doing something obviously a little different today. So right about now in the service, we're usually digging into a, a passage and spending the bulk of our time looking at how God's Word applies to our lives. We're going to get to God's Word in a bit, but what we're going to be doing here is just unpacking what we believe God is laying on our hearts as a church to be pursuing in making more disciples, devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so it's actually a great day for you to be visiting because you're going to understand better what we're on about here at Door Creek Church. But before we get to the future, I just want to stop again and have us pause and give thanks to God for all that he's done in us the last couple of years and through us through what we called All In 29-7. That All In 29-7, those initiatives, all flowed out of Jeremiah 29-7, which challenged us to seek the peace and the welfare, the prosperity of our city, knowing that when the city prospers, then God's people prosper. And so that's what we were chasing. And as we together focused in on those initiatives, wow, just a lot happened by the grace of God and through this church family coming together around it. And it's just good to kind of go back because you forget these things. And it's easy to forget, like, is this that important that we get focused on some new initiatives for this next chapter in our church's history? And the answer, I believe with all my heart, is, yeah, it's really important. Because here's what wouldn't have happened. Let me just rehearse it again. There wouldn't be a training center in Monrovia, which is not only a place where the Evangelical Free Church of Monrovia meets, like today, to worship, but it's a place where they've been training leaders to go plant churches. So my phone rang on uh, Friday, and I saw the number 231, and then there was like 14 numbers. I love that number. And there's only one person who calls with the 231. It's Matthew from Liberia. Hey, Matthew, what's going on? I'm driving with some of the leaders of the church to a village 100 miles away. We're getting ready to plant another church. So remind me again, what number church plant is this? Well, this would be our sixth. I'm going, oh man, we are so slack over here in America. We've got all these resources and they're just killing it. And what's happening is in this training center, all these guys and women are coming together and they're being trained to go plant churches. They're being trained to be more effective leaders for Christ in their villages and communities. That wouldn't be happening without All In in the training center. We had no idea when we launched All In that there was going to be this Ebola virus that would devastate West Africa, especially Liberia. That training center became a key place for people in the community, and their neighbors are all Muslims. The neighbors all around the church are all Muslims, where they actually came to the training center, and they received training. And they received products like simple things like bleach, 
so that the kids and their families could wash their hands and be disinfected from this deadly virus. It wouldn't have happened. Tell you what else wouldn't have happened. There wouldn't have been wells that were dug in Turkana and gardens planted by those wells and church planted by the gardens. And we did that through All In and our partnership with World Relief through Advent Conspiracy. And I had the chance to go way up in the north of Kenya and to travel those 10 hours to get there through these things that I, I think were called roads, but they didn't look like roads, in this forsaken land that had been drought-stricken and still is today for years. And so these people who used to have cattle, they used to have sheep, they don't have any livestock because the land won't sustain anymore. So we've been helping them dig wells, plant gardens so the churches could be planted. It wouldn't have happened. There wouldn't be a thriving, growing student ministries up in the forest without All In because we helped them lease some new space. In fact, they're meeting in that space today, right now, to service up North Campus. 100 students, their families, all part of are reaching more people for Christ up north because of All In. And then you think about the things that we've been involved in very intensely in our backyard. We've been adopting teachers. We've been partnering with schools. We've been connecting people with big brothers and big sisters. And that's been a really important, vital way for us to serve our community. Wouldn't have happened without All In. We wouldn't be helping partner with Fountain of Life Church on the south side as they are ministering to people who are coming out of a period of incarceration into that transitional housing to get a second lease on life. There's no way we would have been able to welcome 5,000 people here last Easter to our campus had we not had the expanded space. And so I just want to say thank you. Praise to God and thank you for allowing God to stretch you in your service and in your giving. Our giving expanded in that two-year period over 55%. And it was amazing. And so we, we look back with thanks to God, and for me to just say, I, I am so pleased and delighted to be a pastor serving alongside of you in this place and to see how God is using us, transforming us, growing us to have a greater impact for Christ. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. So rooted. You see the, the line, grounded for good. And what I want you to always unpack is grounded in Christ for the good of the world. So just say that with me. Grounded in Christ for the good of the world. One more time. Grounded in Christ for the good of the world. We want to go deeper so that we can reach further for him. We want to grow to be more like Christ individually. If we're married here, in our marriage, in our family, if we're here together with a family, in our group, in our ministries, we want to be rooted in Christ. And we want to understand this wonderful analogy that we have in all of creation, that there's a parallel structure between the depth and breadth of the root structure and the branches. The branches never extend beyond the root structure. And so that's our hope and our desire. And it's all flowing out of this beautiful verse in Isaiah 27, 6. So when you read the, the, the names Jacob and Israel, you go, Israel, I think I know about that. There's a country, there's a nation. So Jacob is actually Abraham's grandson, Isaac and Rebekah's son. Remember, he's got a twin brother named Esau. And God is using Jacob. He changes his name to Israel. He's going to become the father of the 12 tribes. And so when God is uttering this beautiful word of promise in the midst of lots of judgment to God's people back in Isaiah, 
because they've been chasing other gods, building alliances with other people, neglecting the vulnerable in their own midst, the widows, the orphans, the poor, the refugees. God says, but exile's not the end of the story. The end of the story is you're gonna take root, you're gonna blossom, you're gonna spread out your branches, and the fruit of this root, my people, is gonna fill the whole world. This is this wild, wild promise. This is what God is doing in and through Christ, and we wanna be a part of that. We wanna see that happen in your life, in the lives of those you love and do life with, and throughout the world as we serve him together. So let me show you how Rooted and the Rooted Initiatives has everything to do with supporting our mission and advancing the vision of this church and driving those values that we have, the eight values, deeper into the core of who we are individually and collectively. So our mission goes like this. This is what we say we're about. We're about joining God in changing people into devoted followers of Christ who change the world with his love. That's our mission. That's what we're on about, changing lives to change the world. Now, when you look at that, you realize the first part, changing people into devoted followers of Christ, that's all about being grounded in Christ. When we think about who changed the world with his love, that's all about for the good of the world. And so Rooted is just a new expression. It's a chapter heading, if you will, in this new journey that we're taking that's in the same direction of the last 50 years of our church's history and the last 2,000 years of church history since Jesus said, go and make disciples. It has everything to do with our vision. So we say this, by God's grace, we desire to be a Christ-centered church for all people. So when we say all people, we mean all people. In this world, we get sliced and diced and divided. Sometimes it's by gender. Sometimes it's by age. Sometimes it's by ethnicity. Sometimes it's socioeconomic. Sometimes it's educational. Sometimes it's marital status. Sometimes it's abilities and disabilities. But we're going to say this, that that's not what we read in the Bible, that God sent his son for the world because he loved the world. And Jesus Christ breaks down the barriers, Ephesians 2, and we are united in Christ. And so we want to be a church for all people because that's who God is. And we want to be a church, a Christ-centered church for all people where the power of the gospel, of God's love for us in Christ is continually changing things. It's transforming lives. It's changing cities like our city and the surrounding communities with the renewing hope. It's renewing cities and it's changing the world. That's our hope as we move forward as a church. And Rooted is all about that. Christ-centered church for all people where lives are transformed, grounded in Christ, renewing our city, changing the world for the good of the world. Grounded in Christ for the good of the world. Our values. These are our commitments, our values. That's how we accomplish the mission, our values. That's how we understand. So exactly what does a devoted follower of Christ look like? Well, a devoted follower of Christ looks like a person who's committed to these values and living them out, a life of worship, worshiping God in all of life. It's not just what we're doing here. It's what we do all throughout the week. Understanding that Jesus Christ is in a category in my life. It's a relationship, and he invades every part of my life. And as I bring Jesus into all of my life, whatever I'm doing, I can do it unto him as worship to his honor and glory. We're committed to the Bible's authority, not our own opinions, not what other people think, not conventional wisdom, 
not the philosophies of the day, but the Bible's authority. And a devoted follower of Christ is constantly centering our lives on God's truth. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to live underneath it. We're not trying to add to it. We're not veering to the left or the right. We are trying to run into all of God's goodness as we stay on the line of God's truth. People who are devoted to Christ, devoted followers of Christ, are committed to the richness and experiencing and growing the richness of community where we understand that we grow best, not just in rows here as we worship together, but in circles and doing life together. The richness of community, growing together in Christ, experiencing the beauty of God's family that is variegated and diverse person who's devoted follower of Christ is also one who has a joyful witness. They're sharing it and they're living out the good news. There's a devotion and a commitment towards compassionate service where we're humbly extending Christ's compassion to people in need. There's a commitment to uh, intentional training, preparing and releasing you, God's people, for ministry. We don't, have, we don't want to have anything about this church which goes, you know, I, I love the show. I come here, and it's a great show. And, and, and you come into the seats, and you go, and, and I'm a spectator here. Now, that's not the body of Christ. We are one body, individual members of it, fitted together. I've got a speaking gift, a leadership gift, and you've got serving gifts and mercy gifts and leadership gifts and all kinds of gifts and hospitality and encouragement and, and wisdom and discernment and knowledge and all those things are necessary for me and for you to grow more into Christ's likeness and for us to further his mission in this world. And so we want to unleash your understanding of how God has made you and gifted you to make a difference in this place and from this place. A devoted follower of Christ is committed to persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually, a spirit of dependence. God, I can't do this. We can't do this without your help. And then finally, contagious generosity, that we'd be a people together who are excelling and growing in this whole area of the grace of giving. I so want for us to experience something that happened this last uh, couple years with All In. <coughs> I, I, I tell you that I, I grew up in a home where we went to church and there was a quarter on the table. And it was my dad and mom training us that you, you always give back to God a portion of what is his. And so when Lori and I started marriage life together a few years back, uh, that's what we did. And uh, it's, it's been our discipline to give a tenth of our earnings back to God's work, investing in that. And something happened in All In where we challenged each other to get to a place where we're being stretched, to move out of our comfort zone. And one of the things that happened is God instructed me that, you know what, what you think is a stretch might not be as much a stretch as it really is. And so that was neat to see how we were able to make the commitments we made and then some. But here's the big change that happened. Just this growing desire in my heart to want to give more in all areas of my life, looking forward, moving kind of from a, I know I'm supposed to do this and it's a good thing and, and God has been so faithful in our life, moving to a place of, man, I, I can't wait to do that, to grow contagious generosity that graces it is so refreshing as people run into generous hearts, 
sharing all the different things from our time to our talents to our treasure to the love of God with people that we've been called to serve. So grab your brochure and let's look at those uh, initiatives again. So get to this uh, center section here, page six and seven. And let's just quick run through these, okay? So you got it? Page six and seven. Hey, if you don't have a brochure, uh, there's some ushers here. Gary's got some, some in the back and they'd love to just get you one. I'd love you to get your eyes on this. So get, get, get yourself a brochure, page six and seven. So compassion. So we love what we do every Christmas. We call it Advent Conspiracy. We have this mammoth offering like we did, almost 130,000. All of it goes outside of ourselves, right? To help people right here in our backyard, our national partners, international. Well, we're saying, hey, in addition to that, wouldn't it be cool if every month we had a focus project doing more works of ministry and compassion with the partners that we have? So you may not know this, but we have four partner schools. Two in Madison, Shank, where I tutor every Tuesday. I love going to Shank. And Mendota, both elementary schools. We also partner with Westside in Sun Prairie, if you live out in Sun Prairie, and Eagle Point up in DeForest. Then we have uh, adopted teachers, and we are partnering with big brothers and big sisters. So we have six local partners. We have two nationals. We have Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, Red Cloud Indian School, where we gave that bus. We uh, partner also with Urban Impact down in New Orleans, and John and Urban Impact are, are doing great work in the inner city of New Orleans and, and helping serve a community that's not only been devastated by Katrina, but long before we're devastated by all kinds of uh, dynamics going on in the inner city there, and we're going to serve with them. We've got four international partners. Vision Trust in Liberia, working with schools and kids and feeding them, giving them a great Christian education, helping them with some basic medical things. We're also partnering with World Relief in Mozambique, the same group that we partnered with in Turkana, digging wells, planting gardens. We are starting a new partnership in Haiti. In fact, our high school students are going to be going to Haiti, and there's going to be a team going to Mozambique. You may want to go to Mozambique, Africa. And then we have a partnership that's just starting as well in Honduras, another team going this summer to Honduras. And so every month we're going to pick one of those projects, local, national, global, and we've got enough to do some other things, grassroots things. You're going to come up to us and say, hey, I got an idea. There's something I've run across through work or through my neighborhood or through my friendship with so-and-so, and would this be a possibility? And then we're going to lean into things like, you know, there's a bunch of families here that are fostering kids. They're on the front edge of the achievement gap. They've adopted kids. And we want to do something that just moves forward, that whole ministry of loving on kids through adoption and fostering. So that's compassion. $200,000 set aside in the next two years to do more good. Not, you know, not replacing the Advent offering in addition to it, all right? All of it going outside of ourselves. Sports ministry. Well, we're doing sports ministry now. We've got upwards. We've got soccer camps. They're awesome. We're meeting all kinds of kids and families that never uh, would come to our church had we not had those. And so we want to leverage that and do more. We're sitting on 31 acres here, all right, 31 acres. Our original plan was, hey, let's use some of the green space, turn it into fields, and we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to have two new fields. That means we can do not just upwards basketball, we can do upwards football, flag football. We can do upwards soccer, and we can do a bunch of other things focused on kids and their family. We're going to hire a part-time person to give that oversight, and we're going to get the equipment that we need, the fields level that we need, and we're going to start that this summer, this fall, Lord willing. 100000 set aside for sports ministry. Then multiplication training. In fact, I don't know if you noticed, but Artie's new title is Pastor of Training and Multiplication. 
What does that mean? Well, he's not good at addition and division. Yeah, that's what it means. Now, it means that he's stepping out of high school ministry in addition to being part of the teaching team here on the weekends. He is going to give focused attention along with the other staff and other leaders in the church to help us have more resources for people to accelerate their growth in Christ. So we want to add classes. We want to bring in forums and experts. We want to host retreats. We want to develop uh, internet resources that are always at our fingertips. We, we are excited about having uh, a first ever, at least since I've been here in the last nine and a half years, of having a marriage retreat that's our own. We're excited about those things. And then we're excited to just amp up and ramp up our internship program and have something in addition to internship program where we bring in this young woman, this young guy who's been trained theologically. They're heading to full full-time ministry in a church or on a mission field somewhere where they spend a year or two years with us honing those skills, being mentored, and leading effective ministries. I can tell you, there's two young boys in the last year that come up to me. They're probably somewhere between 12 and 14, and they said, Pastor Mark, I want you to know I feel like God's calling me to be a pastor. And you might go, that is so sweet. And I just want you to know, that's what happened to me when I was 13. I didn't hear it, I didn't see it, but in my heart of hearts, I knew God wanted me to be a pastor. You know, God's work in us, uh, he can use us for wherever we are, whatever desk we're sitting at, whatever vocation we're pursuing, whatever education, right, he can use any of us. But God has, over, over history of mankind, been setting aside people for special roles in his kingdom. And I want us to be positioned to grab all those who are growing up in this place, all those who are finding Christ in this place, and God is moving. And you may be in a place where you go, I thought that would have happened in my youth and now I'm in my 30s. Or I thought it would have happened early in my career and now it's happening at the twilight of my career. That we're positioned to help people who feel God's call to be able to test that out, to grow their gifts, and to become more and more effective servants of Christ. That's what training's all about. 200,000 in the next two years. Then you, you look over on the second half of the page, right? And we come to these two sites, multi-sites. In a sense, these are leftovers. We didn't get to these. We've been looking for two years for the right place for North Campus. And we can't wait to identify something that's like 10 to 15,000 square feet. So right now, North Campus is in the MAC. And we, we bought that for offices. We bought that for student ministries, small groups. They're meeting there today, right now. There's two services. It's going to work right now for a church that's about 200. But we, we want to reach more people. So, you know, right now, today, the kids are meeting in the karate space. It's a great, fun space. But, like, it's across the parking lot. You get what I'm saying? We need more space, bigger space. So we have a, a presence 24-7 in, in the community there to reach more people in the community. Now, here's the deal. The 500,000, if we need up to 500, we are not going to borrow that. We're not borrowing any money for Rooted. We did our borrowing for all in, all right? So only when we have the cash in hand will we build out that space for North Campus. But that's what we're praying for, that God will show us that space and that the monies will come in to be able to build out that space and accelerate their impact on the north side, way up north into forests and the surrounding areas. Then there's the north side multi-site. So just in your mind's eye, imagine this, that this stage, like it was five years ago when we planted North Campus, it would be filled with 100 people 
There'd be kids because their parents felt called. There'll be singles. There'll be a young couple. There'll be an empty nester. Some of us right here in this room are gonna be up on the stage and you go, in my wildest dreams, I didn't ever think I would do it. And these people are gonna go launch a new church. And the challenge is that we're actually gonna move into that. Did you hear me? We're gonna actually move into the north side neighborhood. And we're gonna start a church and we're gonna love each other and we're gonna serve the community and make an ongoing greater impact. We've been on the north side for seven and a half years through boomerangs. It's time for us to take the next step and we're excited to do that. And then finally, debt. Like I said, we're not taking on new debt, we're actually gonna erase debt. So in all in, we had to actually borrow an extra million. And uh, you can talk to me later if you wanna know the reasons. A little under here, a little over there, and it was a million. And so our, the minute we borrowed that extra million, the leadership looked at each other in the eyes and said, here's the deal, we gotta pay that thing off right away. So we're gonna pay this thing off in the next two years. And here's the great thing, is it allows us then to save almost a million dollars over the course of the loan in all these payments where we would have just been paying down the interest. And so we're excited to do that. So turn the page. So here's what it means. It means a million and a half for ministry initiatives, right? Compassion, sports, training, North Campus, North Side, and then a million in debt reduction over and above our regular giving, over and above our regular ministry budget. Two and a half million is what we're looking to raise in the next two years. So see these important dates on the 5th and 6th? We're gonna turn in our pledge cards and say, well, this is, this is my part. And don't think that you can't make a difference. Maybe all you can do is 10 bucks. 10 bucks a week? Are you kidding? That's $1,000 towards these really strategic initiatives. We want to all be a part of it. Now, here's the exciting thing. I've been sharing with the leadership. We've been having meetings. We've been having desserts, talking about Rooted, and there has been excitement around this. And I've asked them as leaders, hey, could you start thinking about your commitment, turn in your pledge before the congregation does in March? So I'm just starting to get, you get what I'm saying? I'm just starting to get the response and we're already over $915,000 of pledges. So this is well in reach and I hope we blow through two and a half so that anything we get extra, half of it pays down debt and half of it goes to, God, what else are we supposed to be doing? And my guess is we probably need to get a new site somewhere to reach more people for Christ. 475,000 people in Dane County are not in a church where they're hearing the gospel of God's love for them, the grace of the gospel. They're not hearing it. And so the church is in a springtime in Madison and churches are growing and we're growing. That's all great. But the truth is we're losing ground for the thousands of people that are right here that we work with, that we play with, that we live next door, who desperately need Jesus Christ. Then look at that last day, big give, big serve. So the next weekend, we're gonna give as much of our pledge up front as we possibly can to accelerate things. And we're gonna have a, kind of a, a cool big serve thing. So John, our pastor of community development, is working on this project where we're gonna do this massive food drive that's gonna go to all the families in our four partner schools, right? Shank, Mendota, Westside, Eagle Point. And we're going to be serving these families with some food. Here's what you need to know. Like where I go teach and tutor uh, Shank, 70% of the kids are on free and reduced lunch. That means 70% of the families are living at or below the poverty level. So you don't know what that is. Family of four, 
trying to make it on less than $24,000 a year. It's extremely hard. So we're excited about the big give, big serve, and then we're gonna end things at the end of March on the 19th with a big baptism service because, you know, that's what we do uh, on that Palm Sunday weekend here. And I'm hoping that a whole bunch of us want to accelerate our growth in Christ by getting baptized because we've been putting it off and maybe we need to get two tanks in here and uh, just, you know, just because we've got so many people wanting to get baptized. So those are the initiatives. So here's where we're going in these six weeks in our teaching series. So today we're going to talk about the grand vision. We're going to go to Luke 8 in just a second. Next week, Artie's going to start to unpack a two weeks in John 15. If we want to grow in Christ, grow deeper in Christ, we've got to be rooted in the Word. We've got to be rooted in loving community. Then we're going to talk about how the gospel not only saves us, but calls us to do good works, these works that God's prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. We're going to be working on that in week four. We're going to talk about people who do justice and love mercy because that's what God requires according to Micah 6, 8. And then finally, we want to be rooted in Christ's mission that isn't just in our life here, just isn't in our church, not just Dane County, not just America, but to the nations. And we want to be connected to the nations as we move forward with Rooted. So grab your Bible. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 is going to give you a mirror image of your heart. Luke chapter 8 is going to help you assess, if you will, your spiritual rootedness. Are you rooted? Are you shallow? Are, are, do you have any roots? Have you been uprooted? What is it? Luke chapter 8, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the first four Gospels. This is the third one. We're in the back of our Bibles. Grab that table of contents. If you're not sure where we're at, it's all good. Let's start reading in verse four. I'll read it. You follow along. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable, this story. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So, which soil are you? Look at this image with the four different soils. There's that first soil, it's the path. It's that trampled down hard path. It's just the hard heart. It, it, it won't receive it. And it, it, it's taken away. Like birds pecking it off a, a hard traveled path there's the rocky ground this is the shallow heart right 
And, and so it receives the word. It receives it with joy. Ah, but then the sun comes out, the trials, the heat, the temptations. And because there's no root structure there, it withers and dies. There's that third soil, the thorny ground. This is the divided heart or the distracted heart because even as it hears and receives and as it's going on its way, there's something else going on on its way. And those things are are choking off the spiritual vitality of the person. And so it's the cares, the worries, the anxieties of life. It's the chasing of wealth and money and the pleasures that they would buy. And so what happens is it's choked off and it doesn't mature. It doesn't ever bear fruit. But then there's the good heart. It's focused. It's got a singleness of mind. It, it retains it. It clings to. It holds on with this persevering faith. And when, when the, the seed is heard and received and held on to, all of a sudden the one thing becomes a hundred times the one thing. Verse 8, it, it multiplies to a crop of a hundredfold. So that's, that's the soil. That's the heart that God, by his grace, gives to us. It's not something we can do on our own. It's receiving his grace, receiving his word, allowing God to transform us and staying at it, persevering, because you've got the encouragement of friends and family in a group. You've got the power of the Spirit where you want to walk with God. And then something crazy happens where he takes this single thing and he makes it a bigger thing, like that mustard seed that's so small and it becomes so big. The single seed in your life that, that starts to impact hundreds of people's lives. And that's what God wants. That's what we want as we think about rooted. For us to take root to hear it, receive it with joy, to fight off the heat that would cause us to wither because our roots are going down, to fight off the things that would choke it off and to see that fruit by God's grace grow and multiply. So, I mean, the initiatives, I was counting how many times RD and I said excited on the video. It's like, okay, guys. He said it a lot of times, Mark and R.D., excited. We're really excited. We're really excited. We are really excited. But let me tell you what gets me most excited. What the X factor is in Rooted, it's not the compassion projects. It's not sports ministry. It's not training. It's not something new at North and something new on the North side. And those are all huge. The X factor, the thing that gets me most excited is for you maybe for the first time, probably for the first time in your life to say, you know what? I'm gonna own my own spiritual growth. I've been thinking, you know, my spouse is a little further than me in the journey and and I've been riding kind of, you know, their wake or mom and dad are serious about it. Maybe we've been putting it off and saying, you know, when I get a little older, when I get through this hard patch, when I get that degree, after the kids are out of the house, I have more time to focus to say, no, actually it's now. I'm not gonna delegate it. I'm not gonna postpone it and put it off. I'm gonna go after it with God's help and be intentional about actively pursuing and owning my spiritual growth and development to become more like Christ. And I'm gonna make a plan. 
And that plan is gonna all have to do and intersect with the simple question that we wanna start asking. And it's not putting out a grocery list this afternoon. This is gonna take time and prayer and reflection. Maybe you've never fasted. I encourage you to just set aside food, to focus and listen to God as you ask this question, Lord, where do you want me to grow to become more like your son, Jesus? And here's what I can tell you has happened to me, and I'm not done, is um, God's put things on my plate that I would never have thought of. So in Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, it talks, having received Christ, we're to live in him, and we're to be rooted and established in, and be strong in this faith. And he says that the person who's rooted and growing and living in Christ, it, life is marked with gratitude. And God has just been hitting me between the eyes and saying, Mark, you are growing into a grumpy old man. And you need to grow to be more like my son, a life that's overflowing with grace and gratitude. So if I get grumpy on you in the next two years, would you just smack me? That would never have been on my plate had I not just quieted myself. I say, God, how, how do I, where do I need to grow? I can't wait for what God puts on your plate. So go to page 13, towards the back. Here's a little template. It, it's, it's not the end-all, end-all, but maybe it'll just help you get to a better understanding of your spiritual growth plan as you accelerate it to go deeper, to reach further. So step one, be thinking about three ways you want to grow as you're listening to God in terms of your head, your mind, right, your intellect, your understanding of God and his word, your heart, your, think about your heart, your emotions, your affections, right, your attitudes, your hands, your service. And then step two, three ways that I could extend my reach. Are there people in your life that are far from God? Maybe their, their name needs to go on here. Maybe there's places where you could serve needs to go on here. Then check out these different goals that maybe support some of the above things. They're just a sample to read through the Bible in the next two years. So starting in March, we've put together this really cool uh, reading plan where we are going to read through the whole New Testament. And you can pick it up at the Ruta table. It's online. It's on your Door Creek app. Starting in March, it's an easy thing one chapter a day, you read through by the end, December 31st, the entire New Testament. Some of us have never done that, getting into the Word. Here's one. We hope that there's 100 people at Door Creek that have the opportunity in the next two years to baptize a friend or a family member. And I already know who I'm hoping that happens with. And I can't wait for you to be able to have that opportunity. Maybe you're going to be part of that launching the campus on the north side. Be part of that 100 that goes or you can sign up for one of those classes, or you're going to start to give because you haven't. You know, what happened at All In is 10% of the people who turned in a pledge card had never given before. I'm hoping that it's like 25%, that a bunch of us connect something that Jesus is always connected, that this matter of giving is not what God wants from you, it's what he wants for you, and there is no way you can accelerate your growth if you leave your financial resources out of the picture. And there's a bunch of us that haven't connected the dots there. This is a place to accelerate my growth as a Christ follower. Start giving. Increase my giving. Start serving in an area. Be a big brother, big, big sister. Sponsor a child, right, in Liberia through Vision Trust. Go on a mission trip. Join a group. Attend a marriage retreat. Pray. Whatever it is. That's just a sample. 
And then get it down to two things. At the most, three things. Three action steps for the next year. And here's the deal. Take this. Talk about it. This week you're going to talk about it in your life groups. Get in a group. Because if you, if you do this and you're not in a group, I guarantee you by April 15th, this will be a distant memory. You won't even remember it. But if you're in community talking about these things, encouraging each other in our growth for Christ, we're going to look back in, in two years from now and go, wow, by the grace of God, I'm not where I was. I'm not who I was. And thanks for being part and encouraging me. So read this over. Pray over it. Figure out where does God want you to grow to be more like Jesus. And then what's your part in moving this forward financially? 100% is what we're looking for. The fifth and sixth is when we're going to turn in those things. You have till the 19th to get this plan, get going on it. So I want to encourage you to do that. Well, as we close our service, I've asked Marsha Baldridge to come on up here and just pray for us as a church. Marsha and I had just a treat to extend our friendship by traveling together to Israel. And Lori and I so enjoyed our time together with Marsha. And Marsha, would you just pray for us and let's together bow our heads. Father God, Abba Father, <laughs> our divine daddy, we come to you because we know you have all power in your hands. Although you are powerful, we also know you are a gracious and merciful Father in whose lap we can climb into with no fear and ask for your help as we embark on this, the mission you have given your church, your local church, known as Door Creek, to reach those who are blind to your goodness and saving power revealed through your Son, Jesus the Christ who came down from heaven, his home, to this earth to give us sight to the one path, Jesus, that leads to eternal life with you, Father. This path cannot be seen with human eyes, but only with spiritual eyes. When God's word takes root in their hearts as they receive the seeds of your word, that are sown by this, your church. Father, not only have you given us the mission to reach those outside our walls, you also called us to cultivate and grow the crop, your co congregation here at Door Creek Church. Father, please guide us in tilling the ground, planting the seeds, your word, watering, weeding and fertilizing and protecting us from pestilence, the fiery darts of the enemy, the weights of this world, the doubts that crop, creep in. We can do this through classes, forums, retreats, where we can grow deeper and reach your people in your world, your nation, your state, your city, your community, and congregation. Father, we thank you for all that you have done and will continue to do through these, your people at Door Creek Church, to see your mission come to fruition. In the mighty name of Jesus, your Son and our Savior, amen. Amen.